This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 56. Today on our show, Cincinnati native and former Survivor contestant Matt Bischoff. Some people apply for the show, and some people are recruited for the show. Recruited means this. Maybe a casting director sees some, like, super good-looking dude in Santa Monica, California, riding a skateboard or something, and they go up and say, Hey, I'm a casting person for Survivor. You look like you'd be great for our show. Here's my card. Matt was on Survivor Kara Moen, I've been pronouncing that right, which filmed in 2012 and was aired in the winter of 2013. He joins us in the Hyde Park studio to discuss Survivor behind the scenes, the podcast he co-hosted with another former contestant that's all about Survivor and other reality TV shows, and the secrets to a good Survivor audition, and a whole lot more. Be sure to listen to the promo code at the end of the episode, as always, so you can save 20% on your next Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's talk to Matt Bischoff. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. She came down Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Oh, you used to live in the township, didn't you? Uh, well, I lived, um, I grew up in Anderson okay. Township, and then I lived in, um, like, Cherry Grove area off Beach Yeah, Mile, yeah. And I had okay. ramps and jumps. Right. I know we we had to have met somewhere along I met the you at the watch party Yes. For your season. Yep. And, at at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, yeah. Or, okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. My yeah. wife's a big fan. Yeah. She, uh, your stuff TF turns goes up back. in her Facebook uh, feed, because she likes your stuff, so it turns up a lot. So yeah. She just loves your family, and she's like, oh, they, they seem so cool. They should be our neighbors. Cause we do a lot of stuff. I mean, dude, like, you know, I'm involved. Like, my life is so I don't just sit on the couch and mm-hmm. come home and watch TV. You know, I, I have... I'm involved in like the bearding community, right? Yeah. And then I got the BMX world. And then I got the Survivor and reality TV stuff. And then I have my music. I sing in multiple bands. <clears throat> so I do like all the. So I'm, I'm constant. And then my podcast I do with Johnny Fairplay. I do a Survivor podcast every week. <clears throat> so. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're I actually. Forgot about that. Yeah, it's called Survivor NSFW with Johnny Fairplay. So I just joined him. So we do do we. We got a Patreon page that we do stuff like tonight. We'll be recording a Q and A. Last night we did like a watch along episode where we watch an episode of Survivor and we commentate over it. Yeah. So I do, ex- I do the podcast. Extra content. I, do, I do all that stuff, man. So um, that's awesome. Do a lot, a lot of. So I don't know, you know, how much you guys know about me or what you're wanting to dive into. But I've listened to some of your stuff. It's tell, cool. tell us usually, the whole story. Yeah, usually it's it's <laughs> a, a conversation. This will be a little interview only because I've got lots of questions about Survivor. Yeah, right. I'm friendly with a guy in California who is friends with... He's a, he's on... Um, David, he's on this season. Oh, he's on this current season, Age yeah. of Extinction, and that just... He's a, new, he's a returning player. David. Oh, oh, yeah, David Wright. My yeah. friend Pat Francis knows him. Oh, okay, because cool. Because he, he took 
Pat's wife's screenwriting course, so they became friends. Oh, I tried right to get him on my podcast, uh, and it, it, it could make the connection. But so right. I've, I've had these questions for years and years about Survivor. We've watched every season since uh, season two. Yeah, so, I've been a fan since yeah. day one, man. Wow. So it's yeah. uh, now I don't think I've ever actually watched a whole season. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a Big Brother guy, which I, I always, yeah. I've always yeah. said. Big Brother is like Survivor for people who hate camping. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. and, and me. <laughs> I meet a lot of the Big Brother. Yeah, I do every June. We do a reality TV event for. It's called Reality for Diabetes. We raise money for the JDRF, and uh, a lot of Big Brother people come into town. And I never watch the show, so I meet all these people that are like, "Oh my God, I, you know, it's so cool to meet you." You know, like I'm a fan of yours or whatever. From watching my season of Survivor, and I feel like an asshole because I'm like, I never watched their season. So yeah. I, I, I want to start watching it because, uh, and we actually, on my podcast, we we did um, coverage of Celebrity Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny Fairplay, who's like, Johnny Fairplay's a guy, Survivor Pearl Islands lied about mm-hmm. his grandma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, you know, Survivor Hall of Famer, big right. villain. So him and I do the podcast. And it's, we, we have a, 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 a good rapport with one another, and it's really fun. Because I'm the exact opposite of it. Johnny's the, the villainous dick who hates everybody, <laughs> and I'm like the the nice guy. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. So he carries over that persona on your podcast. Yeah. That's huh? So it's like if he's like, I hate this new guy, ward off on the new... And I'm like, dude, my opinions sometimes are different than Johnny's, but, but we're friends and it's cool. You know what I mean? Here's so. how deep into Survivor we are. We actually, um, we gave up on last season Survivor because we just couldn't... Hope you did? Li- yeah. You're I mean, insane. David versus Goliath yeah, was we one of like, the top... Well, for uh, me, uh, as a Survivor fan, one of the well, maybe top we'll go back five and revisit. But here's the thing. We, seasons of all time. At, while that was running, there was a lot of chatter online about Australian Survivor. And we're like, okay, mm-hmm. so we started watching that. And we dove into all three seasons of that. Is it them. good? Oh, I have so not, good. I have not, I, the I have not seen it. But. Uh, you should watch it. And I would like to get that was just Aborigines on the Discovery Channel you were yeah. watching. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think that was... Um, the weird thing about Australian Survivor is they're so nice to each other. And I don't. And people say, well, this it's just the way the show is shot. I mean, but it's shot exactly like the U.S. Survivor. That you know, fast zoom, stop zoom. Yeah, the way right, the challenges right. are all shot. So it's mm-hmm. all because CBS owns Channel Ten in Australia. So it's all the same production company, I guess. But the contestants are just so nice to each other. And again, maybe it's the way it's just edited. Australians want to see people being nice. Americans want to see people being dicks. I don't know. Yeah. But they just it just. Well, I can really... say that a friend of mine, Abby Maria Gomez, who who's one of my favorite Survivor players of all time, um, she basically just I was when I was eating some sushi a minute ago and, and drinking my beer, she was like, I just started watching Australian Survivor, and and if you have not seen it, you have got to see it because yeah, yeah. these people are gamers. Fifty five days. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's gnarly two I mean, more weeks than american survivor yeah, yeah. Right. it's brutal right. yeah i know so, so yeah we're on this you know like ask me anything you want dude like no holds barred and like i said just in case you guys haven't done like not that you got to do your homework but and just so you know so you know obviously i was on survivor caramoan mm-hmm. fans versus favorites yep. i do the podcast with johnny fairplay called survivor and nsfw the reason it's nsfw is because we say damn and it's not like there's pornographic it's just right. I joined Johnny's podcast that's what it was called um, you know 
come from a BMX background. I'm heavily involved in the Cincinnati Beard Barons and and bearding all you know as a judge and and as this snake hanging from my yeah, face, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And uh, and then I sing in um, you know a heavy rock and roll stoner rock Black Sabbathy style band called Moonbow with Steve Earle, who was the drummer of a band called the Afghan Wigs. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Afghan Wigs were a huge band in the '90s when the whole grunge era kind of popped off so um moonbow and then i do this other band called soul group which is also with the same guitar player of of moonbow we do it's like an acoustic-y kind of project with this guy mike reader who's like a big well-known he owns mike music down in clifton okay it's a big vintage vintage gear the dude (laughs) he owns i went to his the first time i went to his house these guys from uh france were there doing a documentary on him and i'm like What's so special about this mic guy? <laughs> and they're like, these guitars, this guitar worth three hundred thousand. This guitar worth, you know, he collects vintage Les Pauls. So this guy's got an wow. extensive. Like, I'm like that guitar right there could change my life by selling it. Yeah. And that's one of your guitars. Wow. It's got Kurt Cobain's guitar up in his glass case. Like, he just you got talk to that guy. Oh wow. Mike Reader <laughs> is. He, you know, he owns Mike Music. He also owns a recording studio now and a production house in, in Covington, right? And Mike is the vintage guitar expert. His story is unbelievable. Super cool guy, plays in all kinds of bands, and is highly respected dude. So Nice. Anyways. We'll give him a so shout. Yeah. So the first non-survivor question I have, because we had the Are we recording right question. now? We, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've been on. You said you listen to the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we'll right we'll always yeah. trick you into thinking that yeah. uh, no, right on, dude. we're so, just uh, shooting the breeze. I'm into it. So you're a Turpin guy or an Anderson guy? Anderson guy. There you go. Okay. 1992 graduate. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so what gives you the notion to audition for Survivor? You know, uh, I started watching day one. Um, my now wife, we were, it was my girlfriend at the time, Tessa, um, we would go over to my mom's house every, I think it was like maybe Wednesday night, and my niece would always be there. So it was like, hey, it's family time, go over there for dinner, and this show Survivor came on. So our family started watching it, and Survivor became this phenomenon after season one. But... Since that very first day when I saw Richard Hatch and Rudy and and this, to me, the greatest, you know, game ever created. Uh, For me, it was like, wow, I I love the the social aspect and just the whole experiment on humanity of the game. It it drew me in. And it just, from, from that point on, I was hooked. And I've been a fan ever since. And actually... The first time I ever applied for Survivor was 2003. I made a, a crazy VHS video showing off my BMX stuff and, and all this crazy stuff that I do, and no one ever called me, right? So I was like, man, too many people apply for this show. Like, there's no chance that that I'll ever get on this, you know? But that's really not how I live my life. Anything that I do or set my mind to, whether it's in a band, I, I set goals and I try to achieve what I'm out to do. So it was 2011, I believe. Um, I, I had cut the cord. I didn't have cable TV at the time. I was like tired of paying for it. So I was watching Survivor on, on my MacBook, you know, on, on CBS.com. And I saw the, you know, 
If you want to be on the show, apply now. So I, I looked over at my wife and I said, I'm applying for Survivor again. And I was like, I'm getting on this show this time. So I literally went down in my basement in front of a, a, a black backdrop that I had. And I, I set my video camera on a tripod and I just hit record. And I just was telling who I was. It was nothing. For, so for those out here listening that might want to apply for Survivor or any other reality television show, they're looking for the real you, okay? And so I just was like, hey, I'm Matt. I got this crazy beard. I sing in these bands. I ride BMX. I wakeboard. I snowboard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I told them all about my personality and this and that. Nothing fancy. Sent the video in. I was at Chipotle on Beachmont Avenue one night, and I get a phone call from a, you know, a blocked number. I, so I, didn't, I didn't answer the phone. I was like, yeah, I don't know who this is. And, uh, and they left a voicemail. So I clicked on it, and they're like, hey, this is so-and-so from Survivor Casting. And I was like, from, from that point on, it was like mind blown. I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Tessa. I was like, I got to go outside right now and, and call this guy back. I was like, it's Survivor calling me. So I literally go outside, and I, I call this guy back, and, he, and I'm, I'm like, yeah. he answers the phone. I'm like, hey, it's Matt. Return your call. And he starts drilling me with questions, like this crazy interview, asking me all these off-the-wall questions. Like, so, you know, what makes you think you could be the sole survivor? Uh, you know, how many episodes have you watched? You know, what do, do you think you, like, why do you think you have what it takes to, to be the million-dollar winner? And I just was being myself, answering his questions. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. He's like, uh, uh, you may hear back from me, or this may be the last time we ever talk. Click. So you're immediately, from that point on, I'm like, oh, my God. I walk back into Chipotle, and I'm telling my wife, uh, you know, what just went down. And, and I was, like, freaking out because I'm like, okay, they called me. They liked my video enough to make that first phone call. But I don't know if they're going to call me back again. Well, then the phone call started coming again, and I started doing more interviews over the phone, and I had to make a second video. And that finally led me to go to Los Angeles where they bring the finalist out. And I, and I knew that if, if they're calling me to go to L.A. and I have a chance to be face-to-face -face like I am with you guys right now in front of Jeff Probst to show who I am, that I will get on the show. And uh, they really didn't know by that point. Well, or? so the, you know, so what, what, the way Survivor casting works is there's different. There's like several casting um, recruiters or people. So like when I send a video in, they have a group of people that watch the videos. So the guy that watched happened to watch my video calls me, and he does all these phone things, and he's weeding out all these people that he's kind of compiled into his little group. And then he invites me out to L.A. So when I go out to L.A., I meet with him, and he's like, okay, Matt, you've made it this far. Now is the real deal. You're going to go in front of Jeff Probst. You're going to go in front of all these CBS television executives, and you got to, like, be on your game because this is where they pick the cast of Survivor. So I made it that far, and I just, the whole time, they want, they want good storytellers. Because at the end of the day, Survivor is all about the confessional. So what the confessional is, is like when you're sitting there like 
talking about, you know, at today's challenge, this is what happened. They want good storytellers. So that is why I feel that I was cast for the show. I'm this gnarly looking dude covered in tattoos and this crazy beard. Um, but I'm a softy at heart. I'm a sensitive man. I, I love my wife and my family. So they like that dynamic. So that's pretty much why I got on the show. So how many people are in Los Angeles? Like, how many did they whittle it down to, do you? So, when we're in Los Angeles, every day you're at a, you're at a hotel, and you go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the hotel restaurant. So I would go there, and I would observe, and I could see who was there at all those times. So I was like, okay, all these people in this place right now, it's no talking. You're not allowed to talk. But observing and body language, all these people are going through. So I would say there is probably, and they do different, um, I think they do different weeks of um, casting as, as far as bringing people out to L.A. So there might have been 30, 40 people when I first got to L.A. that I've noticed in the rotation of, of who I saw at, at these restaurants and things like that. And it was funny because, to me, I was playing the game of Survivor from the first time I got the phone call from him. Uh. It, because when I'm out there, I know the game of Survivor. So when I'm out in L.A. and I see these people, I'm eyeing up and I have a notepad and I'm making <laughs> notes of every single person. If I'm looking at you, I'm, not, I'm like, you know, this dude has a beard. This dude, you know, seems like uh, this kind of person or whatever. So when I went home, I could I could evaluate. I'm like, okay, I could I could possibly play the game of Survivor with these people. So I'm I'm trying to evaluate my first impression, which there's no talking. You're just kind of body language of who you might work with. So it's it's pretty fascinating, actually. So how did you get the final notice that? You so I I made it all the way to. Because I, I would see people disappear. I'm like, okay, they're sending their asses home. They're not making the show. So before I left to come home, they gave me vaccinations. Aha. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, <laughs> if they're giving me vaccinations, I'm, I, you know, I was in the Philippines, right? So I know that I have a pretty good shot if they're giving me vaccines. So I made it all the way to the to the very last day, like 10 days or something, sequestered in this wow. hotel. So I go home, and I get a call maybe a couple weeks later that said, Matt, congratulations. You made the cast of Survivor Season 26, and we're, we're, we're flying you out to L.A. on this date. So I was gone um, between, like, May and June of 2012 is when we filmed and I, and we went to the Philippines which <laughs> the Philippines there's over 5,000 islands in the Philippines right so from the time like when we left LA when I finally got to LA we did a bunch of uh, a few days of like pre-game press where we would go with People Magazine and MSN.com and all, all the big media outlets, we would go individually into interviews with people. And those interviews would be saved right before our season aired 
right? It's all mm-hmm. promo for the season. So we did that whole media uh, blitz, and um, and then it was like 36 hours from Los Angeles travel to get to the Philippines. So we flew from like L.A. to South Korea, and then from South Korea to Manila, Philippines, and then Manila, Philippines to some other little podunk town on another airplane. Then we get on this bus and we go through all these crazy villages. And I'm, you know, and uh, the thing that's crazy is there's no talking the entire time. I was gonna say the cast is all together at this the, point. My but, tribe is together. Oh, okay, not, okay. So my season there is twenty people. So there's ten of us. We're riding in this freaking bus. And we pull up to the ocean, and there's a boat sitting there. Not a real big boat, not some big yacht. Uh, and they're like, okay, everyone, we're gonna, you're going to follow us. You're going to get on this boat, and then it's about an hour boat ride. I was like, holy crap, man, an hour boat ride like across the ocean to wherever we're going. So I, the whole time I was like, man, this is amazing. I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm like... I love the whole thing. So we get in this boat, and when we like kind of walk down, and it's like in the bow of a boat, everything's blacked out, so you can't like all the windows. They put you know stuff over top, so you can't see where you're going. They want everything to be a mystery. Anytime you go to a challenge or anything, they transport you in vans that have oh. blacked out windows, so you don't have no clue. But well, you don't walk from your beach to the. No, so okay, so man, I'm learning so much. We, so we, cool. we get on this boat and we take an hour boat ride, and they get us off this boat and they take us to a house, and we're at like this pregame house for like a week or so before the game starts. We have no idea when the game's going to start, so we're living at this house, and you can talk to each other there. No, there's no, no talking the whole time, even you, amongst your tribe. What? Nope. Wow. Because they don't want anyone to know anything about one another, because they want everything to be new when the cameras start rolling. So you're on complete lockdown. So we're hanging out in this hot as hell house in this living room. And there's like there's like two CBS handlers that had went with us from Los Angeles to location in the Philippines. And they're like watching our every move. So there's because what they don't want is this. They don't want me and someone creating an alliance at this pregame house. They have got to get everything on film. So they don't want to miss anything. So there's just no talking. So we're at this house for like probably like a week, literally sitting there. And what I did prior to going out there, there was food at this house, right? Everyone's like chowing out on food. I had the exact opposite strategy as far as the food goes. Prior to leaving for Survivor, I started eating less and less, right? I stopped drinking anything with alcohol in it. I stopped drinking anything with caffeine in it, right? I, st- I started eating smaller and smaller meals to get my body adjusted to what's going to happen to me on Survivor. So when I was at this pregame house, I was drinking endless amounts of water, but I was only eating a little bit of food because I want I didn't want to waste my training that I did. Like, some people like, I'm going to eat everything in sight. Yeah, got to load get, up. And get yeah. fat and, and put on extra pounds. But my strategy, That's I think, me. was, a, was <laughs> the better strategy. Yeah. Because I didn't have the shock of the starvation 
that some people had because I was used to eating less. And that was kind of like what my wife, it was her idea. She's like, Matt, you should do this. So that's what I did. Wow. So there's not craft services or anything once you get on the island. That's no, all real. There's not. Now there's craft services once you, you get voted out. Oh. Okay, we'll get to that. I have yeah, questions yeah. about that too. But right. when the game starts, yes, it's all of a sudden they show up. It's, you wake up in the morning and, hey, everybody, what, they load you into a van? and. Yep, you're exactly, what you just said is exactly right. So they woke us up 4 a.m. or something. Oh, wow. And then they basically like, game starts now. So they, they, they patted everyone down, making sure no one had any contraband. Mm-hmm. And they get us in the vans. They drive us to the ocean. We get on a boat. And they're like, the game is starting right now. So we get on this boat, man. And I remember the sun is rising. I'm on this boat with these, like, Philippine village dudes. And... My tr- it's still no talking, right? But I'm on I'm on this boat, and I s- there's another boat kind of behind us that's filming the intro mm-hmm. of the show. I was overcome with emotion. I, I remember it vividly. I was looking out and, and, and kind of probably had a smile on my face, and I almost started just crying out of tears of like overwhelming joy, like oh my god, like this adventure is starting now. I'm actually playing the game that. I've been watching since season one. So it's pretty overwhelming and unbelievable because I'm a huge fan. I was on a tr- I was on fans versus favorites, but here's the bullshit thing. Half my tribe were not even fans. Hmm. So when you apply for Survivor, s- some people apply for the show and some people are recruited for the show. Okay? Recruited means this. Maybe a casting director sees some, like, super good-looking dude in Santa Monica, California, riding a skateboard or something, and they go up and say, Hey, I'm a casting person for Survivor. You look like you'd be great for our show. Here's my card. Let me know. Not uncommon in TV. No. Yeah. A lot of these shows are people that are recruited. And now that I've become part of the Survivor community and have met so many people that have played the game, there's a lot of people that were recruited that were some of the most amazing play like johnny fairplay who i do my podcast survivor nsfw with he was recruited now johnny was the biggest villain almost of all time and he is a huge fan now but he had no clue when he got cast for his season he's like he had watched reality tv and heard of survivor but he's like yeah you're you know it's your stupid game you know what whatever but uh Half half the fans tribe on fans versus favorites was recruited people, not true fans. And the reason I'm saying that is when we're riding in this boat and the game is starting up, when I say I was overcome with emotion, as a fan of this show for so many years, and I'm like, wow, I'm actually going to experience this amazing journey. Some of the people on the boat didn't have that same connection that, let's say, I would, you know? Hmm. So when you, you arrive, and what's your first set of probes again? I know you've auditioned for them, but in the film. Yeah, so they're filming the intro sequence, and we pull up to a beach, and you see, like, it, it's fascinating the, the respect I have for production of the people that produce the show. Because when you're watching it on TV, you see Jeff Probst, and you see the contestants. When you pull up on the boat, there's like 
200 people, dude, like in the background with clipboards and headphones. And there's divers in the water for the challenges. There's just oh, yeah. doctors. There's people everywhere. <laughs> and and um, so we pull up, we jump off our boat, and Jeff Probst is, is right there. And he's like, welcome to Survivor. And that was just like, that moment right there hit me like, this is this is not a dream. This is happening. And uh, we didn't know who we were, who we were going to be playing against. So he's like, you, you guys are fans of the show? Well, let's bring in who you're playing with. So all of a sudden, these helicopters start coming in. So the helicopters were on this, like, beach area. So I'm kind of, like, turning my back because it's blowing all the sand all crazy. So the helicopters land, and we see returning players getting off the helicopter. So we're playing. It's a fans versus favorite season, which honestly... And you didn't know that? No. Wow. And it's not... I, it's not... I, I kind of had a hunch that something was going on because so I kind of tried. Yes, there's 10 of us, and then they bring... 10 returning players. Now, sometimes Survivor is 18 players. Sometimes it's 20 players. So my season, it was 10 fans versus 10 returning players. So the returning players land in helicopters, and that's who we're playing against. Wow. So they're already at a disadvantage because you guys are all mad because you had to come out on a, on a <laughs> raft to get to the island. We did, but here, here's the thing. The unfair thing, as I've told you guys... We were on complete lockdown and haven't talked to one another at all. The returning players know that they're going out there. Oh, yeah. They are calling one another, making pregame alliances before <laughs> the game starts. Therefore, the game on fans versus favorites is not fair at all. I wish I would have played an all-newbie season because they have the biggest advantage ever, knowing how camp life works, knowing how the challenges work, knowing how tribal council works, knowing all the things that they know. Like, if I go play, if they call me right now and I go play again, you have a huge advantage over the new people. I'd imagine, yeah. There's, and there's even the season, season now, the season yeah, now, Edge of Extinction, right? So you have, you have four returning players and you have the new players. And like this guy, Joe Anglum, who's played before, obviously he's like He's like Mr. Island. He can make a fire no problem. These people know how to make shelter. And you see these people asking the veterans how things work, and they're telling them how things work. So yeah. it's a major advantage. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not fair. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky I got to play Survivor, but fans versus favorites is not the ideal scenario. And in your case, it was a total tribe of fans slash recruiters uh, yes. versus returning players. It wasn't like a mix like they usually do where they throw in one or two returning players. Yep, it was okay. Right. It was one tribe of fans, one tribe of returning players. And and that's how it that's how it went down. So when the show is filming well it's filming all the time. Mm-hmm. And so like so there's always camera people around. How much of a crew is actually around or is it just a couple so, of camera people and No, there's a whole crew, so they have to capture everything. Yeah. So let's say... And there's 10 of you there's per 10 tribe. Of, yeah, so let's say there's three sets of three people going off strategizing, looking for idols, talking about the game, who they're going to vote out. You got some some people in the ocean having a conversation. They have to capture every conversation. Because at the end of the day, Survivor is telling a story yeah. of how this person got from day one to day 39 and won the game. So they can't miss anything. So there's multiple 
audio guys and camera guys that are following everyone 24 hours a day. Now for me, I was used to being on camera. I've done so much stuff in BMX and I used to host a public access television show in the early 90s from like 92 to 98 called Urban Discipline where we did, it was like a music video show, right? Nice. I'm used to being on camera. Some people aren't. So a lot of times it's it's a culture shock for, for wow, I'm, I'm getting someone's videotaping me, you know. But it doesn't take long for you to, like let's say you're not used to that, to, to you know, just get used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But 24 hours a day they're filming you. When, when we're sleeping, there's not a huge multiple crew because we're sleeping. There was like one girl that sat in a chair by our little you know, in case somebody hut, gets up hut yeah and that was filming you know yeah. so um now, is she allowed to beat off a jaguar or something like that if you guys you know or, uh, or are they not allowed to interfere at all like no i'll, I'll, I'll tell you cra- because you mentioned that, i'll tell you a crazy story because this is something that happened in the middle of the night i was sleeping in our shelter and all of a sudden i got woken up by this guy Reynold. He's like, Matt, Matt, wake up, wake up. And I was like, what? I was like, what's going on? He's like, Michael just kind of passed out by the fire, right? So. Oh, this is one of my questions. <laughs> so, so Michael Snow in my season was like my number one friend and alliance guy, okay? Him and I were strategizing constantly. He was my best friend out there. Well, Michael in the middle of the night, we, you got to keep a fire going 24 hours a day, right? So Michael was like blowing on the fire and just kind of breathed in a bunch of smoke and literally passed out. And instead of passing out, he knew he was going to pass out, I guess. So instead of like leaning toward the fire, he leaned the other way and he just kind of face planted into the sand. So they woke me up. This guy Reynolds, he's like, Matt, Matt, you know, Michael just passed out. And, and Michael's like completely out of his mind, like kind of like, you know, freaking out and not knowing what was going on. And he had he had cuts and abrasions all over his face and sand in his mouth and stuff. So we're kind of like tending to Michael. And and the lady that was there did not intervene on anything uh-huh. that was going on. But the crazy thing is, is like, I don't think any of that was captured on film. Because if there was like... At the, the very end, I think it was. Because I think, the, I think we saw him at the fire and then it jumped... To him on the ground or something. Okay, it, it may have. But so, Michael, yeah, you know, the, I, the thing is, Survivor's a dangerous game. Yeah. And you can get, you know, hurt very easily. So, like, I was real cautious on everything. Like, everywhere I stepped, everywhere I walked, you know, making sure, like, you know, snakes and this, that, and the other wasn't going to, like, hurt you. Because the last thing I w- wanted to happen for me was to get evacuated from this game. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that was kind of along what I was wondering. If what if you're out alone and it's just you and the cameraman, and you like I don't know, you're in a tree looking for a hidden idol, and you fall out of the tree. Well, I imagine I, they're compelled to say, "Hey, or radio somebody and go, hey." Yeah, I mean, Matt fell out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, I think that if, if something like that happened, they would yeah, definitely okay. come in immediately. You know, so when you're on the island, you're getting filmed. There's doctors and stuff off-site at some sort of base camp, which we never saw. I have no idea where that was. But the way, you know, we're on, like, my tribe was called Gota. We're on one island. And then the other tribe, the other tribe, Bacall, (laughs) was on another island somewhere else. 
And then these challenges that we competed again in were all over the place. It'd be a 45-minute boat ride to a challenge. So like I told you guys before, there's 5,000 islands in the Philippines. So they, their production crew had built challenges all over the damn place, and we never knew where we were going. We were just like getting a boat, show up at a challenge, compete, and then they'd boat us back. So did you have free reign of the whole island you were on, or did it have like barriers well, it, on that side? So our island was... It was a decent size, you know. Um, there was two different beaches, and we could walk. But, yeah, there was kind of, like, barriers. But you wouldn't even be able to, like, let's say, walk to a certain end because sometimes there's, like, crazy rocks, and you wouldn't want to go there anyways. But, yes, there's boundaries, I would say, that if you were to try to go, like, if I were to just, like, get in the ocean probably and just, like, swim out the sea... Someone probably be like, "Yo, get." So here's the other cool <laughs> thing, like the Truman Show. So yeah, and so we, when, when we were, um, we'd be in the ocean, and we'd be talking about the game, strategizing. So they would have these like little bitty like fishing boat, like little you know trolling motor boats that they would sit in to get their shots, you know. And there was a time, so you're never supposed to like communicate with production at all, mm-hmm. right? They're not ever supposed to interfere with the game. But there was a couple of times that they were like, the waves were like all crazy and they were trying to capture our conversation. We were like whispering. And they're like, guys, you have to come in closer. Like, we cannot hear you, what you guys are saying, and we have to get this on film. So stop what you're talking about and walk in closer to shore and continue. That's really the only interference that I really had in the game. So the only time you truly could possibly be alone is when you like go to the restroom. Is that? Yeah. So and that's, that's the other thing that people ask me all the time is like going to the bathroom on Survivor. Do they give you toilet paper? Do they give you this, that, or the other? The answer is no. Oh, yeah, I would think not. So the cleanest and easiest way to go to the bathroom in, in the Survivor world is called aqua dumps. It is way cleaner and sanitary to go in the ocean and do your business than it is to walk down some trail and and poop in the jungle and try to wipe your ass with a leaf. Hmm. So we would we would go to, in the ocean, and then you would just clean. Your, there was no soap, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So I would just clean my body and my hands with, I would just grab sand from the ocean floor and kind of just clean hmm. my, my body and just, you know, you're in salt water, yeah. so it's kind of... I bet that's fun for a couple of days, but... Yeah, and there's some people that don't go to the bathroom the entire time they're out there. You know, there's some people that just, you know, you know how you get the friend that, like, they go on vacation. They can't, they can't, yeah, yeah. They can't poop in a hotel. So there are people I know that lasted, you know, longer than I did in the game that never took a dump the entire time they were out there. Oh, wow. So before you get out there, do they tell you, like, with the local... Food like don't eat these berries because they're poison. They give you a little and avoid these animals or what? Yep, yep. Okay. So when you're at that, when I was at that um, house, the pre it's called the pregame house. We were there for like a week before you're the not, game. But started. you're not really pregaming it, are you? You're not, you know, you're not pregaming it. But here's the deal: they you go through a survivor school, so they have these like Philippine dudes come there and they show you how to make a fire. But the guys that showed us how to make fire couldn't even really make a fire so i'm like in my brain i'm thinking oh god if they can't if the dudes teaching us how to make a fire are having trouble there ain't no way we're going to be able to (laughs) even though we did 
within two hours of being on the island, we made a fire. Didn't Bob um, break his glasses to... Was that him? Um, no. So we, That's different we, seasons. Yes, but we... Somebody did. Yeah, we, we rubbed bamboo, a friction fire. Like oh, okay. Rub bamboo together to make our fire. Right. Um, but yeah, so they give you this binder, right? And there's like, stay away from this vegetation that's poisonous, like poison ivy type things, and stay away from these fish and and this uh-huh. and that yeah. and the other. So they kind of give you a little bit of, you know, knowledge. They kind of have these like, um, like at local tribes people show you how to weave palm tree leaves in order to make a roof on your shelter to prevent rain from coming in. They kind of teach you that stuff, but... Really, you know, it's very basic, and once you get out there, it's like you try to do what you were kind of taught in the short amount of time, but just you're not really experts at it, I would say. And they condense like three, four days at a time down into 50 minutes of television. Like, what are you doing that whole three days? Is it all strategizing? You all talking to each other about no, things? I mean, yes, yeah, so, so each episode of Survivor that you watch is a three-day time period, Okay. So, some days there's challenge days mm-hmm. where you'll have a challenge, and it's usually like right in the morning. You know, it's, it, time is a crazy thing because you don't have a watch or anything like that. So, like, you really don't know what time it is. But it was pretty much, I would say, like 7, 8 a.m. when these challenges would happen. Hmm. Um, so, there'd be challenge days, but when there wasn't challenge days, it was, you know, I, I, I was never bored, but there were just, you know, days you're just around camp and you're going and getting water at the well and boiling water to drink and you're gathering coconuts and you're maybe exploring the island and just going and shooting the shit with your buddies in, in, in the ocean. We would play bocce ball with, we'd make a little setup with these coconuts, you know, sleeping in the shelter, um, looking for idols. I was constantly playing the game. Half my tribe was not fans. So they didn't really know all the ins and outs of what I would know. So me, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get firewood. And I would go, I would come back with tons of firewood, but I would also be like scouring these trails in, in the jungle looking for idols or clues or something, you know. Hmm. And then when you get to the challenges, you say this happened at 8 in the morning. That's another thing. They condense that down to like 10 minutes. How long do the challenges usually last? You know, so they take us in a boat. To a challenge, and then you're kind of hanging out in like an easy up style tent, okay? And one by one, you would go to an easy up tent next to yours to visit the doctors. And they would say, hey, Matt, are you peeing and pooping? Is anything bothering you or whatever? And then you'd walk back to the, you know, the other tent. They're just checking on you mm-hmm. to make sure, because, you know, like I say, it can go from bad to worse very quick. So they're they're keeping an eye on, on all the contestants. Um, so we're waiting around, and they would come and mic you up, and you'd be standing there for, like, you know, seemed like 45 minutes to an hour before they finally are like, okay. And there'd be, like, a production guy saying, okay, um, when I tell you guys, you guys are going to, like, walk down that path, and as soon as you get... There, hang a, as soon as you see Jeff Probst, hang a right and go stand on your tribe flag or whatever, like your color of your tribe. Come on in, guys. Yep, so <laughs> we do that. And, and so the way that worked is we would, you know, we'd go in and Jeff would introduce the challenge and film that whole sequence. 
and once he gets done explaining the challenge, he would go to each tribe, and he would come over to us, and he would say, because on the show, as a, as a viewer, I would always be like, how in the world are, like, I would not know how to do this whole challenge. That's what I was just going to say. After watching how many seasons there have been, plus three of Australia, yeah. I'd be like, could you repeat that? You yeah. lost me right when you said you run across this beam, and then right. what do I do? <laughs> so what he does is he, he guides you through, and he's got, like, a binder with, like, okay. photos. He'd be like, okay, guys, here's what you're going to do. You guys are going to swim out to that cage out there. Okay, and here's the cage, here's a picture of the cage. Once you get out to the cage, you climb over, you jump in, you do this, that, or the other. And he's explaining it to you in detail. And then he's like, do you guys have any questions? Okay. We ask him any questions, and then he, like, explains to the other tribe the whole thing he just did. And then they go into the challenge. Then we have time to, like, strategize, like, okay, who's going to be out there in the ocean? Who's a good swimmer? Who's going to do that part? And then who's going to do this other puzzle part? So, but it is, they explain it to you. In, in great detail. I don't know you know the answer to this. Do they leave that stuff just set up there and it's the Philippines problem now? Because they build all kinds of pretty elaborate things they all do, over the place. They do, and I know there's some people that can, like, I, I know some people that have gone back to Fiji to their tribal council or whatever, and there's remnants of oh. challenges and wow. stuff, you know. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> once you get voted off, you said there's craft services yeah, they so send you back to the house, or do you do you get to leave the game immediately, or do you have to stay because the game you, is still going? Yeah, you stay till the entire game is done. Okay. So you go to a place called Ponderosa, which is like a... Oh, wow. It's a... Eat some wings and... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bar. Get some so, steak on a... Grand tray. buffet. So I go to Ponderosa. I didn't make the jury. I was pre-jury, right? Yeah. So I had to be there until the last pre-jury person got there. And then they have to take us and get us out of Ponderosa because the same, the jury people go to the same Ponderosa we were at, right? So there's, if you don't make the jury, you get to go on a CBS paid for vacation of a lifetime. Okay, I heard that. It's the pre-jury trip. Okay. So nice. they sent us to Malaysia. So I went to Malaysia for like two and a half weeks. Wow. And they have those same handlers that were there from the from the time where we flew out the location, it's the same people, kind of handling our tribe, and we just, I mean, we had money to spend. We had someone there that was like taking us on different things, like, hey, today we're gonna go to a Malaysian cooking class, and we're gonna go zip lining, and we're gonna go to the, the national or the you know the mosque of Malaysia. We're gonna go to this Buddhist temple, wow. and you could either sign up for stuff or you could just like chill at the hotel. Well, me, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm doing every everything you ask me that that CBS is gonna let us do. I'm doing because it's all part of this experience of a lifetime, you know. So, like, any family allowed to meet up with you? Or? No, there's no. I mean, I didn't talk to my family for close to eight weeks. There, there was there was no. You don't have you know you you hand your when you're back in LA before you fly out. You are, um, you know, literally cut off from the world wow so that was uh so that had to affect you right i mean you see people you know especially on like big brother they like lose their minds and i'm like oh man i might like being away from my family for that long but but when you're in that situation right it's yeah, probably it, a lot harder than it it, than it, it, is, it is and you know i was there was a lot of single young people out there you know but uh you know i was you know married with two kids and and so i'm playing this crazy 
game um, that's constantly on your mind, the strategy and, and the whole gameplay, and you have no one from home that, you know, like you have no support from home. So you feel kind of all alone out there, you know. You, 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 there was times where I felt real spiritual, man, and, and it's just like, wow. It's just like, when is this going to happen in my life? When are we as humans not going to have our cell phones or our computer or work to think about? It, it really strips you down to just the core of who you are, you know. So it, it, it was... Uh, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life and and i still get to i do a lot of charity events now and uh i do a podcast called survivor nsfw with this guy johnny fairplay he's a survivor hall of famer villain and every week we dissect an episode of survivor and interview former survivors and then we do some Big Brother content, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get back to the U.S., um, the season wraps, you're you're sworn to secrecy for almost it's almost a year before your episode. Your, your yeah. So I get back right before July Fourth, two thousand twelve, and my alibi at the time I was like running my own BMX bike company, so like I disappear off the planet for two months. My alibi was I was in China visiting bicycle factories, right? Uh, not uh. not everyone would have, like, an alibi like that. But so we get back July. So I had to wait August, September, October, November, December, January, February of 2013 is when they announced the cast. Wow. So I wanted to tell the world that I was on Survivor. So I remember I took the day off work. <clears throat> I said, I'm just going to, like, not worry about anything CBS announced the cast, and I remember on Facebook posting like, "Hey everybody, oh yeah, yeah. cast out of the bag. I'm gonna be on." And so, it was so fun. It was like, my my shit was blown up. Like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> like oh my god, people were freaking out, you know? Because like I said, I got I got BMX community friends and beard people and all this different stuff, music people that I that I interact with, and so everyone's coming out of the woodwork in support of of this whole thing. So no one really knew. No one knew. I mean, even that night at Chipotle, I would have told everybody, hey guys, I got a call yeah, from got- Survivor. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's highly confidential. Highly I'm confidential. Tell, yeah. You know, you, you sign a contract, you know, that you're in big trouble for millions of dollars if you spill the beans on any of this. So, I'm a rule follower, you know, and, and I, you know, Went by the rules. I didn't tell anybody. So when I was finally able to tell people, it was really, really cool. Because everyone was like, Cincinnati is one of the biggest reality TV markets in the whole country. Yeah, it's an ask about For that. Big Brother, Survivor, Amazing Race. So they love having people from Cincinnati on the show. Like, in Cincinnati, right now there's myself from Survivor Caramoan. There's Matthew Sash Lenahan from Survivor Nicaragua. There's Angela Perkins from Survivor Ghost Island. There's Marcus Lehman from Survivor Gabon. There's Roger Bingham from the Australian Outback. Uh, oh, we Le- thought you were special. Yeah, but there, there's, but <laughs> all, a lot of those people that weren't living in Cincinnati at the time of being on Survivor, they've moved here for careers. Oh. Right? So Roger's from Kentucky, but yep. this is a hotbed for reality television. And why do you think that is? 
I think we live... I think that our weather and climate is, you know, it's not... I love living in Cincinnati. Yes, it rains and it gets cold and stuff, but I just think that uh, we embrace and are open-minded to different things. And I think that the weather's so crappy that we have a lot of time to watch crazy TV shows about, you know, everyone wants to have a uh, a little Bahama or Mexican vacation in the wintertime and, and get out of Cincinnati in the, in the crappy weather and they go somewhere. So to be able to watch a show where these people are competing in on the on this crazy game i don't know i don't know what it is but when i went out to la jeff probes was like man cincinnati is a big you know market for for our show so i had a lot of support from everyone in cincinnati it was really really cool and to this day every year the first weekend in june and you like this dude like a lot of big brother Amazing Race and Survivor contestants come to town. We do an event called Reality for Diabetes. It's all raising money for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So if you are a fan of these shows, people that are listening that would love to meet contestants from these shows, check it out on Facebook, Reality for Diabetes. We do like, you can go play putt-putt with us. You can go do, you know, play volleyball or cornhole or all these different things with the reality stars and it all is raising money for a good charity so it's the first weekend in june we do a walk at king's island and uh so yeah it attracts a lot of uh a lot of local local folks coming out so surely you'd play again we've established that yes can you lobby to be back on or i know they've had other people back on you know can can fans say hey we we want we want to see matt on again or i i not really it's like the, the casting and the production, they come up with these crazy themes, right? So last season was David versus Goliath. This season is called Edge of Extinction. Everyone's in this pool of survivor players, right? So if they're looking for a certain type of player for whatever theme they're doing, they have our contact information. Okay. So Survivor did a season called Blood versus Water, which was like... A returning player and a loved one. Yeah. Um, when they did Blood versus Water too, they contacted my wife and they said, "Would you play Blood versus Water with Matt?" And she's like, "Well, hell yeah, I would." So I got all excited, like, "Oh my god, here's my chance to go back on!" But then they they switched themes to an all new person, Blood versus Water. Uh-huh. So, so you know, I, I would. That'd have been great. I would love and your to kids play just again. be chilling at home. Yeah, with grandma. <laughs> my kids would probably freak out, but <laughs> they're like. Yeah, yeah, he's gone was, again. It was cool. And like I said, you know, it's it's been many years since I played, but I'm still involved heavily in the community and yeah. do a lot of things. I'm doing an event um, called Hearts of Reality down in Florida in August. There's a really cool place where it's like kind of like Make-A-Wish. Kids with chronic illnesses can go to this fa- like facility or like resort area and have like their last hurrah. It's kids that are dying. And it's all free for the families to go, and um, so I'm I'm going there, and uh, so to be able to use being on Survivor as an avenue to do things, volunteer my time for charity is I may not have won the million dollars on Survivor, but I continue to be involved in the community and do these great events and do podcasts like your guys' podcast, and uh, and, and then like I said, I do my own podcast 
talking about Survivor still. So uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah, we had the watch party. Did you both you and Tessa organize that? Because she was kind of coming around the tables first, talking to everybody, and very engaging. And then you came around and talked to everybody. Was that a? Yeah, I mean, so like when I did, we you know. I had my, at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, during my season, I'd have a party each week, and it was cool because the restaurant would donate, like, 10% of the, the food sales to the charity of my choice. So I was able to give back to a lot of my favorite charities. Um, but, yeah, my wife is kind of like my right-hand man. She's my, my best friend and supports everything that I do, you know, whether it's singing in my band or these reality star events um, and and even putting up with my crazy four foot long dreadlock beard, you know, <laughs> she's down with everything. So, um, but yeah, she kind of helped orchestrate those parties. And then even last week, um, Johnny Fairplay and some other survivors were in town. We did a, a big premiere party for the edge of extinction and we did a, a big VIP event and a celebrity, you know, fans versus survivor cornhole tournament and stuff so um we put on a lot of cool stuff and she always helps me in whatever i do so we've heard a little bit of advice for folks listening about how to properly audition for the show and maybe kind of what they're looking for what other what other tips do you have like can you over prepare for the show should you i mean my, my tips are this if you make a video just be yourself Sometimes there's people that I think are completely boring. Why would you ever cast that person? But they might be looking on... They're, they're filling a certain demographic and a certain character for their show, right? If they want, you know, the African-American cowboy, they want the female race car driver, they want the stay-at-home mom, they want this. You just got to be yourself and never give up. I know people that have applied since season one and didn't get on till season 30, right? So you got to keep applying, but you can't, you got to be consistent all the way through. You can't make some crazy video of you running naked around the neighborhood and then they meet you in person and you're not that person, right? It's just being yourself. And what they want to know is they want to know about what you do in your real life and how you're going to apply that in the game of Survivor. So, hey, like if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm an attorney. You know, I, I, I work hard every day and I, I work with these different people and blah, 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 blah. So in the game of Survivor, I'm going to use that same tactic when I'm dealing with my tribe. I'm going to be able to do this, this, this. That's what they want. They want good s storytellers that can narrate the season because it's all about the confessional of how this person got from day one to day 39 and outwitted, outplayed, and outlasted all these people to, to become the sole survivor. Uh, I write about teachers, but I tell stories about them. All right, I think, I, like I think I've got it set here. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. There Let's get go. Ricky in here, film my audition. Did you, uh, did you know you were going down? Or did you think, were you totally uh, off uh So when I got taken off guard? Saying, yeah. Well, we did a tribe swap. Or were you like, man, I got this, I can... I can manipulate her, and I got him in my back pocket. The thing with Survivor is I had a great game going, and they switched up to our tribes, right? So they mixed it up. So I was I got put on this tribe now with four returning players and three fans. and Were actual fans, or were they recruits? Well, so when we did the tribe swap, it was Michael, my number one alliance person, myself, and Julia, who was another person in my alliance. Julia was not a fan. 
they wanted a female race car driver and they put her on the show. Hmm. So the returning players, when we got to their beach, they said, we're sticking together no matter what. If we lose a challenge, one of you guys is going home, period. So my whole strategy was being honest and trying to make honest connections with these people. And at the end of the day, I, we, we lost the challenge. We go to Tribal Council. I'm the most likable guy out there. I'm the biggest physical threat. I did not have an immunity idol. I was a huge target. They voted me out. Mm. So I knew pretty much, like, as soon as I saw my name one time, I was like, man, this sucks. Yeah. It looks yeah. like I'm going home. But it is what, you know, it, it, it is what it is. There's a lot of luck involved in this game or Big Brother or Amazing Race or any of these reality shows. You know, you can have all the skill and all the preparation you want, but unless luck's on your side, you're not going to win. So were you prepared for that, like mentally, or were you just like crushed? Like I was crushed, man. But I, I, I have a positive attitude in everything that I do. So I was like, I get voted out, but then I'm like, well, hell, I'm going to make, I, I'm going to make a big chunk of prize money. That's cool. I didn't know that. And I'm going to Malaysia for two and a half weeks, paid for by CBS. I'm like, it was kind of a, I was like, well, you know what? I got to play the game for 16 days, which is a pretty decent amount of time. I was in six episodes out of like 14 episodes. I was almost in half of them. And I got to experience all these facets of, of the of the game and the experience. So I really, I you can either... Some people live their life one way where they're just, like, negativity-filled and, you know, bad attitude. Me, I make the most out of every situation, man. I, I don't care what it is. And so I just was, like, positive about it and just stoked to to be out there. Do you make a couple bucks more making it to the jury or is it just a flat? No, so, the, just so, no, so the, the farther you go, it's incremental. Okay. Right? Makes so, sense. like, if you, you make more, more money, the more you last in the game. You know, so if you're at the final three, you make, you know, hundred grand or something. You know, what I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but you make you know. residuals off the DVDs because I know they're available. On no, dude, the- I don't even have a freaking. Co- I, I was at this viewing party last week. We had this big party, Johnny Fairplay and I, and I did not even. This guy comes up. He's like, "Hey, will you sign my Survivor Caramel and DVD?" And I was like, looking at the back of it and said, "This." <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't even have a copy of this. I was on the damn show. I'm on the picture right here. And these freaking up. Yeah. jerks, and, you know, but, uh, so yeah, so I, I don't, yeah, you don't get any money oh. for that stuff, you know, Man. so, but you know, it's cool, like, with, with our podcast, like I said, it's called Survivor NSFW with Johnny Fairplay and I, we provide Survivor content, and we have this Patreon page that people can go to patreon.com slash Survivor NSFW and support our podcast through that, so, because for those patrons that pay, some of the cool things we do is like right now we're doing a Survivor watch along where we'll watch an episode of Survivor and Johnny and I will commentate giving behind the scenes stuff and talking about the episode so people can watch this along with the episode it's a cool little companion piece and we do a Q&A and stuff like that so um, we gotta do that that stuff's stuff's really fun and and, you know the, the whole Patreon thing for you guys too you know doing the podcast is like Offering video content and and different bonus behind the scenes stuff, and that if if you have fans that support what you do, like fans support what Johnny and I are doing, we're making a little bit of money. Which because I know I've listened to your guys' podcast, it, it takes work. This is time out of your guys' day to do it. 
to interview people to edit it and stuff like that so but uh it's cool this the whole thing is really fun cool well i've just learned so much this has been fantastic uh i think i got all my questions answered uh the one thing we do before we go is we uh we ask our guests to choose a coupon code which will be uh, they can use to take 20 percent off their order from when this episode drops until the following Wednesday, mm-hmm. and that usually is a word or, or a, a small phrase. Uh, what would you like that coupon code to be? How about uh, Survivor Beard? Survivor Ooh, Beard, all one go. word. All right. Perfect. Survivor Beard, all one word. And like I said, I, I'm I'm known for my beard, and it's it's uh, just real quick. So I'm part of this thing called Mean Beard. Right, and there's a guy in Cincinnati, uh, an old friend of mine named Joe Loving, who's makes beard oil and different products, you know, at his house basically. <laughs> and it, it, the company was started by a guitar player of this band called Three Days Grace. They're they're a big. Heard of them, yeah. They have more number one radio rock singles than Van Halen. They, they're like a huge band. If you turn on WEBN, you'll hear Three Days Grace constantly. The guitar player owns Mean Beard. He discovered me from Survivor and my long dread beard, and I'm an ambassador for for Mean Beard. And so for people that, I, beards, I'm part of the Cincinnati Beard Barons, which is another, I'm all about Cincinnati, dude. Cincinnati Beard Barons does a lot of great charity events and beard competitions every September. So if you want to look up Cincinnati Beard Barons on Facebook, um, they're doing a float at, uh, you know, opening day parade and doing a Bach Fest thing. And then, yeah, so we're a lot of our Cincinnati beard guys are part of this Mean Beard thing. So if you're looking for oils and stuff like that, you can go to meanbeardco.com and get all that stuff. But my beard and things like that is really what got me on the show Survivor. So if anyone nice. out there listening to this... <laughs> I'm working you, on mine. How, how much, yeah. how much uh, uh, longer do I got until I need oil? You can put oil on it right now. Oh, that's really? Good. You could. We got something to do. That'll be our Patreon content. But here's the thing: I encourage everyone out there who's listening to this to follow your dreams, whether it's for a job, whether it's for something, a, a bucket list deal. You know, you cannot achieve anything unless you try. And if you don't apply for Survivor, let's say, you would never get on, right? So I'm a firm believer um, a lot of amazing things have happened in my life. And it's been because I've been committed to, like, setting a goal and achieving it. So don't ever let anybody tell you you cannot do something. And my motto in life is just live life to the fullest, laugh, don't be an asshole, and, uh, and just go for it. So there you go. Podcast you, you can find anywhere, first. anywhere you get podcasts, obviously, like ours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Good. If you have an iPhone, go, you know, it's Survivor NSFW. There's no bad content. It's just I may say a bad word here or there, but uh, it's it's really fun. Check us out, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast. Yeah, cool. thanks, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, no problem. Matt Bischoff, 
Fascinating, right? We need to start a social media campaign to get that guy back on Survivor, man. Uh, bring back Matt, as we should uh, call it. Find Survivor NSFW, Matt's podcast with fellow former contestant Johnny Fairplay, wherever you get your podcast. And as far as Survivor Australia, which we discussed, I thought you could get it on CBS All Access because uh, Channel 10 in Australia ran Survivor Australia, and they ran it before CBS even bought them. They must have had some kind of a deal with them. They subsequently bought Channel 10, and I read articles where they said, well, they're going to put it on CBS All Access, and they have not done that yet. So you have to look somewhere else on the internet to find Survivor Australia, but worth your time if you do find it. And as always, I invite you to go back and plunder the Cincy Shirts archives, the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Lots of great episodes back there. John Keyswetter talking about WKRP, uh, Amy Asbeck talking about movies and TV, and her late husband, John Ritter, uh, Dean Gregory from Montgomery Inn. Uh, let me see, who else was over there on? Finn Rock, uh, Duke Snotra from The Gary Burbank Show, uh, Mo Egger. Uh, Cash Wright, uh, Mike Mathis, the famous NBA referee, Johnny Bench, Bronson Arroyo. we got baseball season coming up, so I want to go back and visit those episodes. Uh, really, all the episodes are great. Haunted Cincinnati, of course, Abandoned Cincinnati. No celebrities there, but two great chats. Those are still two very popular episodes. And actually, Haunted Cincinnati, there's two of them, so I want to go back and listen to both of those. So if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email, info at Cincy Shirts, and put podcast guest in the subject line. Be sure to tell your friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. Uh, maybe they went to school here, used to work here, or whatever. Uh, today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are actually from Philadelphia. You can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and a whole lot more at oldschoolshirts.com. Got a lot of defunct teams, old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations, just like we do for Cincy Shirts, but uh, for those cities as well. How about that? And uh, we have a lot of like rock clubs and stuff from uh, like the off-ramp in Seattle, Toy Tiger, and Louisville, and uh, those are two really popular ones. And we're trying to add more stuff, uh, both in terms of shopping centers and sports teams and, and everything else you, you think is vintage and, and old schooly. Uh, so let me see, in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is Survivor Beard. That's going to be all one word, and it's an all lowercase, all uppercase, or mix them. I think either way it should work. And uh, use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or you can use the physical code, or you can use the code in our physical stores uh, in OTR, Hyde Park, and now Loveland. Just walk in and say Survivor Beard when you get to the counter with all of your stuff. And then follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show, as I said. Uh, give us a good review wherever you get your podcast. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
wish I said goodbye.